Well, good morning. It's good to see you. Welcome. Glad you're here. Welcome to the Porch Community Church. I'm Shannon, and it is really good to be together, and it's cold outside, and I like it. So, um, hey, so we are in this third week of the series called The Bible, and we've been asking some questions. Uh, the first week, we asked the question, just what, what is the Bible? And uh, I encourage you to go back and watch it or listen to it if you weren't here for that. But we just kind of set out, like, this is how God has used humanity and how he's spoken to them and through them. And this is what God does with his word. This is what the Bible is. Last week, I posed a question that we're going to kind of continue answering this week. And it was this question is, well, what do we do with the Bible? What do we do with it? And, of course, it was kind of like, well, we read it. But, but then I kind of said, I kicked you in the shins a little bit and said, well, how are we doing on that? Are we reading our Bible? Um, today, I want us to continue answering the question of what do we do with the Bible, because I, I believe, and we're going to be in John chapter 15, and then a little bit later, we're going to be in Colossians uh, chapter, let me double check, I believe it's, oh, it's chapter 2, I was going to say 3, Colossians 2. So John 15 and Colossians 2 is where we're, where we're going to be this morning. Um, but I, I believe that God's Word, <laughs> the Bible, is going to answer these questions for us today. So let's start in John 15. And I'm going to read from the New Revised Standard uh, first because there's some words I want us to see and pick up on. It might sound a little different than yours. We'll look at a few, few of them together this morning, a few different translations. John 15, beginning in verse 1, this is Jesus speaking. He's teaching, and this is what he says. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. So God works in. He's he's, he's saying this, God is the vine grower. I'm I'm the vine. You're the branch. Um, You have already, verse 3, this is an important uh, verse to remember as we talk this morning. Actually, I'm talking. As we listen, as you listen... Verse 3, you have already been cleansed by the word I have spoken to you. Keep that in mind. You have already been cleansed. Jesus is teaching. He's speaking. And so he's talking to people who have said yes to him. He is talking to people who have had this understanding that he is Messiah. Okay? Keep that in mind. Verse 4, abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So, the question, what do we do with the Bible? What do we do with the Bible, we find the answer right here with this word, abide. Abide. Depending on the translation you have, you might see the word remain. 
abide, remain, same. It's a, the, the, the original word was like meno, M-E-N-O. And it means the same thing, abide and remain. Here's the definition of abide. It is to remain stable or fixed in a state, to continue in a place. To remain stable, fixed in a state, to continue in a place. So then, we could say that a follower of Jesus, for, for us to abide in him, as Jesus is talking about here in John 15, for us to abide, what it might look like then, is to, be, to first be in relationship with Jesus Christ, right? Because in verse 3, he said, you've already been cleansed by the word that I've spoken to you. So to first be in relationship with Jesus Christ and then to remain in a fixed relationship with him in a state of, of this is ongoing, this is happening. Abide, abide. Now, if you notice, let's pull up verse 7. It's a conditional sentence. It's a conditional statement that Jesus is making to his disciples, to the people who are listening. He says, if, if, if you abide in me, if you abide in me, which means you may or may not. You may or may not abide in him. Right? You're not a mindless robot. You have choices. You decided if you were going to be here today. You are people of free will. And Jesus says, if you abide in me, so you may or may not. And then he says, and my words abide in you, which means they may or may not. These are conditional sentences. Abiding for Jesus is an ongoing activity. It's a continual exercise. It means, you know, we hear the word communion and we think the, the bread and the juice, but it's this, it's this connection. It's this being together. It is, it is more than one. It's being in union. Abiding is, is that. It's this communion with the person of Jesus Christ, and it's about a submission to his will because he's like, if you abide in me, if you do these things, you will bear fruit. And it, So that means saying, I'm choosing this. Abiding. What do we do with the Bible? Well, Jesus is, is saying that we should abide in him. And I think the Bible is the, is the one of, if the most, I mean, besides just the, the influence and the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the Bible is the way that we abide with him. It's the way we connect with him. It's the way we know what his will is. It's the way we know what his commands are. It's the way we know what his desires are. The Bible, what do we do with it? We abide in it. We abide in it. Now, I think one of the reasons that we have difficulty with that, I think a challenge to abide, to remain in that stable, fixed place in our faith, is because, and this might sound, I mentioned in the first service that this might sound like a, something that the late, great Yogi Berra would say, if you know who that is. Um, but I think one of the reasons, the challenge that we have in abiding is that we forget to remember. We forget to remember. Now, I, wanna, I say this with, with you in mind, with, with those of you who have put in some time in the study of God's Word. 
You, you have, you, you've, you've done, like you have done studies and you have, you've done word studies, you've done book studies, you have, you spend time in God's word. I want you to hear this. This is really the challenge, I think, for, for those of us that have done that. Because remembering is just as important as learning for the first time. Remembering is just as important as, as, as when we learned it for the very first time. When it comes to abiding in God's word, for us to remember, to recall, to be reminded, to be brought back to a truth is just as important as the very first time we read it, the very first time we heard it, the very first time our minds were like, what? And we we wrote it down, we marked it down, we underlined it, we highlighted it, we did all those things, we drew arrows to it, we we posted about it. Like From the very first time we heard it, it is just as important for us to remember it to abide in it, to continue in it, it's just as important. And the reason for that is very simple. (laughs) That we should be open to remember. That we should be open to continue to learn. That we should be open that whatever we read before, whatever we understood before. Because if we don't remember something, it really begs the question, did we truly learn it the first time? I mean, that's something to think about. I mean, it's not just, oh, I, I'm just forgetful. No, no. If, when we're talking about the things of God and who he is and what his promises are and what he says and what he calls us to and the opportunities we have to submit ourselves, even though we have free will and we want to choose this way, but we know his word says this way and we choose that way, like when that happens, we need to be reminded of that and it needs to not just be something that is history, past tense experience that's not abiding that's that's moving on that's doing that's going ahead and choosing your way no we want to abide we remain in that state we remain in that place that's what abide means and the reason that it is difficult the reason that it's a challenge the reason we forget to remember is because of this friends god's word does not change but you change The Bible doesn't change, but you change. You have changed. You are in a different place than you were a year ago. You are are in a different, there are are experiences you had, good, bad, in between, mediocre, whatever, that just seem mundane life, but you have changed. God has not. So we abide in his unchanging word. Because you, you are in a different season in your life. You're, you could be in a different relationship. The circumstances that you're facing, the challenges that you're dealing with, the level of your maturity, your understanding of God's word, all of these things, they change. But God's word doesn't change. The Bible doesn't change. We do. Which is why we should abide in his word. What do we do with the Bible? We abide in it. We remain in it. Because it's unchanging. Look at John 15 again. Look at verse seven, uh, excuse me, verses 4 and 5. This time I want to read it from the New Living Translation. Jesus says, remain in me. So you see, this is that ongoing activity here, right? Abiding. Remain in me. Don't just pop in for a visit one time. Remain in me. 
Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. Fruit. That's the life, the, the, the evidence of God working in our lives. That's the fruit he's speaking of. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide and remain. God's the vine grower. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. It is a picture right there for us of understanding that our source, our life source is Jesus. And he says, remain in me. How do we do that? I mean, when he was speaking this to his disciples, they were there with him. How do we remain with him? How do we abide with him, friends? The Bible. This is how we know him and understand him. Repetition is something to note when we read the Bible. I mean, it's God's word, so one time is enough. The repetition, that's, that's God going, hey, <laughs> hey, you see this? You, right here, you got this? Like, th- there's a reason. And at the beginning of this passage, and it's, and it's uh, in verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. Now, we, we're going to end up looking at around 1 to 17 verses right here in this compact section. And you don't hear the word true again in this passage. But Jesus is saying, I am the true vine, which is important because that means there are other vines that we can be connected to. There are other sources that we might think we're drawing life from and they are not him. I am the true vine. And, and it's what's important to note about this in the book of John is that um, 35 times in the entire book of John, Jesus is quoted as saying, he is true. He uses the word true. He tells you, I'm telling the truth. I am truth. This is truth. He wants us to know, hey, I'm truth. Repetition is important. In verse 5, As Jesus describes himself as the vine, that source of life for a branch for us, we see this. He's true. Now, in this passage, these verses, 1 through 17, here's another repetition. The the words bear fruit or be fruitful or fruitfulness, fruit, appears six times, just in 17 verses, 18 verses. So clearly... So we know Jesus is true, and he wants us to know he's true, and now he really wants us to know that we bear fruit, or the possibility to bear fruit, that's that living outward example of God working within us, okay? He he sees that this is here. It's something of importance for Jesus to communicate to, to us to bear fruit, Now, the word abide, it appears eight times. Abide or remain. 
Eight times in this passage, the word abide and remain is here. Hey, stay with me. Remain in me. Don't run off. Don't connect to those false things. I am truth. Just eight times in this passage, but in the whole book of John, 40 times, Jesus says, abide, remain in me. Once is enough, right? 40 times? He wants us to abide. He wants us to abide. Now, the interesting thing is when Jesus says, abide in me, remain in me, when you bear fruit, when he says these, these are imperative um, statements, sentences, right? And, and they're, they're conditional. It, it's not like um, he's forcing us to abide. He's saying, if you abide, this is what will happen, right? It's an imperative. It's not a, a you must do this right now. There's only one command in this passage. There's only one command that Jesus makes. And it's this. Down to verses 10 through 12. Back in the New Revised Standard, he says this. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Well, let's just pause there. What are his commandments, friends? They're in, in, the, in the Bible. How do we abide? How do we remain? How do we keep his commandments? Oh, you want me to keep your commandments? How do I know what you want me to do, God? The Bible. Okay? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. You will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments, this is Jesus speaking, remember, and abide in his love. He's came, he came to do the Father's will. He came to do what the Father sent him to do. Verse 11, I have said these things to you so that my, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And then verse 12, this is my commandment. You can abide, and if you do, you'll bear fruit. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. That's, that's the fruit. That's the living out what he has imparted to us. We're connected to the vine and that's what the vine does and that's what the branches will do. To produce fruit, we abide in Christ. We abide in the vine. And here's what that means. And I don't know if if you're picking up on this yet, so I want to make it very clear because I think it's important for any of us to know wherever we are on our journey of faith, whether we've put in a lot of time in our Bibles, whether we put in a lot of time sitting in church services or Bible studies or anything else, or, or we're like, we just walked in the door for the first time, wherever we are. Hear this. Living that life, that outward expression of what God is doing in us, what he has done, what what he's done in Jesus, producing fruit is not automatic. It's not an automatic in the life of a Christian. It's not an automatic. Because you say, I am a Christian, it does not automatically mean that you're going to have the fruits of the Spirit, and you're going to be full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness, self-control. It's not, fruit is not that, that you're going to, it's not an automatic, and I think we need to just understand that, and if you already knew that, then how about we remember it? Because Jesus 
says in verse 7 that you will only produce fruit if you remain and abide in him. Abiding isn't automatic. It's not for followers of Jesus. If, we're abi- if abiding were automatic, how about this? If abiding were automatic, then Jesus wouldn't have told us repeatedly to abide and to remain in him. Why bother? Why even mention it once if it just happens? And I say, I say this because if you're a follower of Jesus, you might be going, oh, of course I abide in him. I said yes to him. I prayed the prayer. I did the thing. I walked through. I signed the uh, whatever. Of course I'm abiding in him. It's very important for Jesus to communicate multiple times for us to remain in him. If abiding, if remaining was automatic for a believer, then these genuine, chosen, beloved apostles would not have denied Christ or fled from him when things got scary. Yet every one of them, yeah, we know about Peter, but every one of them turned our back on him for a time. They didn't abide. They didn't remain, stayed fixed all the time. They came back. They, they all turned their backs, which shows us that abiding is not just an automatic, forever, you know, like switch that is flipped and it never ever changes. Jesus calls us to remain, to abide. We can choose if we want to do that. Colossians chapter 2. It shows us, it tells us what abiding looks like. It continues this understanding that, that this is an ongoing, you know, this is, you hear me say the word journey of faith all the time because it is, friends. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Paul's writing to the church in Colossae and he is encouraging them, wanting to build them up. And he says, and now, notice this, just as you accepted Christ as your Lord. Okay? So remember when Jesus said, you've already been cleansed? Right? It's the same thing. So it's like, you've, you have understood this. You have said this. You have, you have uh, expressed that you believe in me. Just as you've accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. That's the abiding. That's the remaining that Jesus repeatedly said over and over again in John 15 and in the whole book of John. And then he says, and this is, again, a a beautiful word picture of what it looks like to be connected to the vine. Verse 7, let your roots grow down into him. Friends, that happens when we abide when we remain. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then, then, your faith will grow strong. It will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. There's fruit. 
See, we need to understand. I want you to understand. I want to make sure I understand that abiding in Christ is more than just a one-time going, yes, yep, I believe it. He wants us to abide and remain in him. And as Colossians says, continue to follow him. Continue. So what do we do with the Bible? What, what do we do with the Bible? Ask the band, they can go ahead and come out here. We're going to spend some time in worship. But friends, what do we do in the Bible? We abide in it. We remain in it. We continue in it. We continue to follow him. We continue to build our lives on him. We continue to have our roots grow down deep in him. We abide. We build our foundation on him because then we are strong. And then fruit is produced. Mm. And this happens. What this happened, this opportunity, it happens in the Bible. In the Bible, God's word, his word for us, his truth for us. Let's pray. Father, I pray that your word, the Bible, would not just be, um, well, it wouldn't just be something that I, that, that, that I ask people to turn to and look at for a little bit and then we're done, but it would be something that we are drawn to, that we are hungry for, that we are thirsty for, that there is a craving for it. God, that even this morning, by your Holy Spirit, you are stirring up within all of us, no matter how much studying we've done, or highlighting, or dog-earing, or doodle art we've done in the side, no, no matter what, that, that your word would be new. That we would be we would be impacted by your word because God, we've changed. We may feel like we've changed for the better and we've moved closer to you. Or we may feel like we've, we've been running in the opposite direction. God, you never change. Your word never changes. Your promises never change. If there is anything true, and there is, it's who you are. It is the truth. So God, I pray that we would abide in your word. And as we do that, we'd be people who would be willing to say, God, unchanging God, will you change me? Will your grace and your mercy overwhelm me? Would your truth restore me, convict me, bring hope to me, remind me of who you are in my life. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for salvation that is brought through Jesus Christ. And it's in it's in his name we pray these things. Amen.